Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Send It Surf podcast. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, my name is Lucky, um, and today I'm joined by two very special people that you should know. Uh, Zach, he's throwing up the peace sign. Yep, we got a yep. And uh, Tom. Hello there. Hello there, everyone Kenobi style. Um, brilliant. So, for those that didn't catch last week's episode, uh, we talked about um, the beaches that all of us, including Sam and Carson, that have been floating around. Um, I actually don't know if Carson was there. I don't believe he was. But we talked about the beaches that we have surfed at and the beaches that we would love to, to surf at in the future. So, if you want to know a little bit more about that, then go check that episode um, out. But this week, we're focusing on wave pool technology. Um, which is pretty cool uh, in terms of where surfing is heading into the future. Really excited about that. So, um, for those that don't understand what wave pool technology is, it's basically making and generating artificial waves to surf. Um, now, why wouldn't we just surf in the ocean? Very good question that I just asked myself. <laughs> um, but basically... Uh, from personal experience, Zach, Tom can both back me up on this. Surfing just an ordinary beach sometimes isn't always reliable, even if it is known for a surf beach. Um, the way that most of us find out whether or not the surf is good is by the force for, uh, forecast, uh, which is predicted by winds and the weather patterns. And sometimes the ocean just sucks. Um, you know, it's not the best to surf at. Um, sometimes it can let you down. And, you know... We don't always base us going surfing off the forecast. Like it might look, it might look bad, but it could be good, you know, because sometimes they get it wrong. So we, you know, you drive all the way down there. For me, it's about like a less than a ten minute drive to get to Secret Harbor from where I am, and you get down there and it's like, oh well, it is actually not bad. And then sometimes you get down there and it's like, oh, it's all right. But then, you know, you don't have a fun time surfing. But it can be completely the opposite. Like you can get down there and be firing or pumping. It'd be like awesome conditions and you just love it. But, you know, for someone that's potentially learning and wants to or just love surfing that much that they just want to continue having the an awesome time, you know, riding waves, then surf pool technology can really come in handy. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to go through a couple of, you know, I guess you could call them facts about wave pool technology. And then I'm going to get Tom's and Zach's opinion on the matter um and yeah we'll see how it all turns out so currently according to march 29th of 2020 there's currently 10 wave pools around the world that span from malaysia uh the uk america um and australia as well and i'm pretty sure there's one in africa as well um which is pretty cool you know it's it's amazing to see that there is so many wave pools well, there's not a lot, but there are quite a diverse range around the world, which is pretty cool. You know, if you stop in Africa, go to a wave pool. Same with America and Australia as well. Um, so the main wave pool that we're going to talk about, and the big one, is uh, located in uh, Lemoore, California. And it's actually Kelly Slater's uh, Surf Ranch. Now, if you don't know who Kelly Slater is, he is the goat, which <laughs> if you go back to one of our previous episodes, I didn't understand what goat meant um, at the time of saying that, but it means greatest of all time. Kelly Slater is 
um, 11 time pro surfing world champion and uh, you know has a lot of money un- under his name and decided to uh, build his own uh, wave pool uh, and is called the Surf Ranch which is where uh, funny enough uh, the WSL surfing championships were held uh, at Cali's wave pool due to COVID you know there's been a lot of restrictions uh, for America to go to the beach so they actually got to use Kelly's um, surf pool um, in order to hold a competition which I thought was pretty cool and amazing um, but basically uh, there's a couple of ways that the waves are generated depending on what surf pool you go to Kelly's wave pool um, the waves are generated almost kind of by um, a train like uh, formation basically you start at one end um, and this train like um, structure comes across uh, this bank of water and generates uh, these artificial waves I'll just there is a website that I'm using that it will be linked in the description below um, which gives you a bit more uh, you know in-depth version of what I'm saying um, and will probably have a better expert opinion about the matter as well um, so uh, the way that it works is it's a large engine running down a track line uh, with tires on it uh, and it's attached to an engine uh, with a super secret hole that when pulled along uh, the track pushes out this famous wave because um, you know Kelly's famous famous wave and it actually costs a lot of money to <laughs> ride the wave which we'll discuss in a bit but the hole is um, directional meaning it pulls uh, one way to create um, lefts and then it, when going back it does the same but creates uh, rights um, and so basically it's like you know runs it's an engine it's massive when it goes one way it creates waves to go left and when it's another it creates waves to go right because surfers don't always like to go right some like to go left goofy footers and you know not all surfers like to go left they like to go right so it's pretty crazy to think that we can use technology to generate artificial waves like that you know it means i don't have to just rely on the weather i can just go down to a wave pool Mind you, there isn't one in WA, uh, which is kind of a bummer for us because we still have to rely on <laughs> the ocean. But for people that live near wave pools, um, the one in Australia is in Melbourne and most of them are on the East Coast for, for Australia as well. But, you know, if you're in the local area of America, there's one in uh, Texas as well. Um, you know, you can go to these wave pools and, you know, really have a fun time. Um, so, yeah. I think we're going to talk about everyone's opinions. We'll start off with uh, Zach. What's your opinion on wave pool technology and versing, you know, traditional oceans? Uh, I think they're a good alternative to surfing if it's crap. I personally would rather surf in the ocean than a, a wave pool regularly just because it uh, I feel like it'd be a better authentic feeling. But I think they're mm. a cool idea. and I wish they would be more popular. I wish there was one, you know, in Perth. But I wish it wasn't expensive as as Kelly said. I know Kelly said it was ridiculously expensive to surf. Yeah, it's like four hundred and fifty dollars for one wave that you surf, which is pretty ridiculous. And you think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't have that money. Yeah. I know the one in Melbourne. It's more like eighty bucks for an hour 
or an hour and a half, which is pretty like uh, it's pretty decent. You know, yeah, it's like it's like going to amusement park, pretty much. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I would love to be able to surf one. I think it would be a cool feeling to, you know, definitely be able to progress the surfing a lot because you know you can actually practice because it'd be consistent in the same waves versus like normal surfing, which is you know waves vary a lot, so it's hard to. Or practice skills. It's not like skateboarding where you have you know the same playing field every time. It's very um, unpredictable, which is you know sometimes it's hard to practice turns or anything. So we could have a local wave pool to really you know check it out. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you on that, especially for people that are that are learning and and trying to understand how surfing works. You know, um, having a wave pool there would definitely increase um the the skill rate and someone t- learning to surf um at a higher rate but at the same time you know if someone only learned how to surf at a wave pool i think they'd get dependable on the waves being yeah. that good to the point where you get out into the ocean and then it's like wow why are the waves so crap i think you know it has its negatives but it also has its positives as well um it definitely but yeah being said being said that um you know it does get pretty frustrating sometimes especially when it's like two weeks in a row where surf isn't you just isn't surfable at all and i think that's where a wave pool could really come in handy they were actually meant to have one um apparently or i i heard around um by a couple of people and read an article that they were meant to have one in cottesloe but um apparently some people weren't too happy about that in the local area and decided not to but i think it'd be pretty cool it would be pretty cool to have one we have a wave like um a wakeboard park which in in wa that's like in baldivis for us um which is down south more for those that live in the center of perth um which is like um what it's it's wakeboarding and it is pretty close to what you you would expect but it's not it's not as a, as surface is not what we need so yeah cool thanks for your opinion on that zach uh tom what's your opinion on the matter you know well as you know a pro surfer that um had a serious head injury um mm. and had to um unfortunately go back to basics due to medical reasons i um, definitely yeah i, I heard about that, that you know Probably. yeah yeah um it does suck when you have like two days out of two weeks that you're like oh, okay i can stand up today like like the waves are good enough where i'm not just getting tossed over and they you know they're not bad enough that there's no waves mm. so I, I yeah i think a wave pool will uh definitely help newcomers who are like i don't know how to surf sure it's expensive but i've got the money i don't know who that would be but <laughs> people are like yeah 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 i need to learn how to surf mm. the, Beaches near me are terrible. You cannot surf them. Yeah. Might as well try this out. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, And to keep in mind, Kelly Slater, his surf ranch only costs a lot because it's under name Kelly Slater, who's a, a yeah, pro surf, the ultimate, but isn't basically. He, yeah, but doesn't he, like, do a lot of charity work and stuff? He does. Um, um, and also to mention that he tries to make his surfboards in an environmentally friendly way as well. You know, um, fiberglass is actually quite a toxic uh, material to work with. And when a board breaks and is left in the ocean, it 
isn't isn't the best so yeah kelly slater you know does a lot of charity work and stuff like that but well i this... really hope that some of that 450 from the uh you know the entry fee is going to some charity and not just back in his pocket oh uh, yeah for Probably sure not. no i don't think kelly slater's one to really brag with his money i think he he has a lot of projects that he's working on and um but i also think that money helps him travel and allows him to surf as well so yeah but um, going back to what you previously mentioned with the the wave pool, um, I think, yeah, looking at what Melbourne has to offer, I think would be the most realistic thing that surfers like us would like to, to ride with like an $80 entry and you surf for like a couple of hours. Um, yeah, no, I think for, especially for learning, that would be a big thing. You know, someone like Tom, who's a professional surfer, but had that head injury and has to come back from the basics and totally isn't a learner to yeah. begin with in the first place. You know, oh, some, for, for someone like you, Tom, like it's a, it's a, a wave that can be generated multiple times over and over again. You can get used to that and be able to stand up. I know there were some times where we would be out surfing with you, Tom, and it'd be like, come on, Tom, you can stand up, but the conditions just weren't <laughs> right. And you know, yeah. not even Tom. Everyone was just having a hard time being able to stand up and surf. So, plus, you know, you mentioned earlier how uh, you know you can predict the direction of the wave. It either goes left or right. That would yeah. help a lot with you know etiquette, because the main thing with me was trying to get a wave and then be like, okay, I'm looking around. Is anyone going? Nobody's going. Oh wait, no, some guy's going. He just semi faked me out, but that's fine. I didn't really see. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Straight. Yeah, I think... Yeah, so I think those single, like, direction waves will definitely help people be like, I don't need to worry about people bumping into me because we're only going one way. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah. I know the, the one in Melbourne, it's good because there's two different, like, uh, pools. It's like there's, like, a beginner pool and, then, like, an advanced pool. So, like, you know, a beginner can try and stand up, but then there's also a pool for people that want to try and get tubed or, you know, practice air. So it's good to, like, not just have one one way for everybody to catch because mm. that wouldn't be good for everybody's skill level i guess yeah definitely and i think like in terms of what tom was talking about as well and surfing etiquette real quick i'll talk about yeah. you know ocean is quite unpredictable with what way the wave is going to crash and if it's gonna you know have a longer lifespan is what i'd like to say um, whether it be left or right as well, it is quite unpredictable, but these waves that are generated, you know exactly what you're getting off the back. And on top of that, there isn't multiple people riding the one wave. You know, it's quite it's quite a structured thing in terms of surfing etiquette. Like, all right, there's a line. I know there has been quite a few lines that are generated through Melbourne. Like, all right, this is your wave. This, you get to surf it. Um, the one at Kelly's Ranch is quite similar as well. They'll also have someone on the jet ski um where that person gets to go right but if someone falls off the wave then that person on the jet ski can quickly hop on the wave as well to finish it off um so in terms of etiquette as well you know it is actually quite um quite a well-structured and all-round fair um method of surfing as well whereas in the ocean it is as some tom said quite unpredictable and for someone that is learning, it can be quite frustrating because you don't know, is this person going to go? Do I have right away? Am I going to cut them off? And that really can disturb people learning surfing um, away from the sport. So, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
no, this has been real fun. I've definitely would love to have a um a surfing wave pool um here in WA, preferably in Perth, so I wouldn't have to travel as far as well. Considering that there is only ten in the world, um, so they are quite rare, but are making um uh an impact in the in the surfing world. So yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's uh, podcast episode. Like I said before at the start, be sure to go check out uh, our last week's episode. And um, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a real pleasure for, for Zach, Tom and myself to be able to talk about this stuff and, and provide this content for you. Um, so yeah, all I can say is uh, enjoy the rest of your night and uh, be sure to check out our next episode, which will be on surfing etiquette. I, I did like how Tom managed to talk about a bit of an etiquette at the end. It's a nice flow and transition. Yeah, definitely. All you, Tom, thank you so much for that. See, this is why we have people on the Send It Surf podcast. If it was just me running this, we would get nowhere, honestly. That's why I have so many friends here to, to help establish this podcast. So yeah, thank you guys so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one.